0: Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. With over 150,000 audiobooks to choose from, they're like the Amazon of audiobooks. Literally, they're owned by Amazon. Since you listen to The Laps, they're offering you a free audiobook of your choice. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com The Laps. The Laps... No, wait, that sounds weird. I recommend you listen to my favorite audiobook of all time, The Areas of My Expertise, by John Hodgman. It's this big book of made-up, kind of insane history, but it's narrated in this deadpan tone. If you like that book, you're my kind of person. Download it or any other book for free at audibletrial.com slash The Laps today. And, uh... Help support this show by doing it. And all of that said, hey everybody, welcome to the Lap Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories gussied up. I'm your host Kyle Jest, and today, disaster. Funny thing, I was terrified of volcanoes as a kid. I saw Dante's Peak when I was way too young, and uh, when I asked my dad, "Hey, that dormant volcano, Mount Baker, if if it ever exploded, would we be in trouble?" And my dad never likes to not have an answer, so he said, "Yeah, yeah, we'd probably die." <laughs> I had nightmares for the next few years. I'm calling this one, State of Emergency. Here it comes, this is The Lapse. Gabriel, there's no school today. Gabriel's mom ruffles his hair. Why not, he asks. It remains
1: one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Outside the window was this massive
0: plume. and It looks exactly like a nuclear bomb. But Gabriel lives in Portland. Not a lot of nuclear bombs there. Seven years old, I would
1: say probably the most exciting thing in the world was a volcano. Maybe second to only dinosaurs and cars and transformers.
0: Mount St. Helens,
1: May 18th, 1980. It was still the Cold War when Duck I was growing up. I looked outside the window and there it was. Duck
0: and cover. This is an
1: official civil defense. That which we had been prepared for all along. It just looked like it was snowing. Everything's covered in this beautiful blanket of white, fine dust. We would stack it up into giant piles as if it were leaves and jump into it.
0: No school, no homework. What's a first grader to do?
1: As a seven-year-old, you have a lot of avenues in which you could ply your trade. We would go collecting uh, from door to door, asking people if they had any bottles and cans for recycling. And we would drag these trash bags full of bottles and cans to the corner store. They'd give you a dime for a bottle.
0: But this Mount St. Helens development Gabriel knows, that's where the real scratch is. Some friends
1: and I actually set up a little side business of shoveling ash into jars and selling them to tourists. Every penny I made went immediately into Asteroids Deluxe or Donkey Kong. I think we made a few hundred dollars and uh, we spent it well. Uh, the human has been neutralized. There were these narratives that had come out of the volcanic eruption. There was an old man who refused to move. It was like a John Wayne type figure. His name was Harry Truman. He's like, I've been here as long as the mountain, practically, and I'm going to live and die on this mountain, and he did. Death to a, you know, seven-year-old is sort of an abstract concept. It was kind of incredible to me that he wouldn't have just left.
0: 2001, Gabriel lands a high school teaching gig in
1: Brooklyn. These were all kids who uh, lived in the projects of East New York and, in, and East Flatbush. was really having lots of problems. There were teachers being stabbed, so I was a permanent sub. I've taught different subjects depending
0: on the week. Stabbings aside, the kids are still rubbing the sleep from their eyes in most of Gabriel's morning lessons. Just a few minutes in, though, suddenly, their attention is wrapped, not on Gabriel, but the window to his left. Mr. Bellman, Mr. Bellman, a plane just hit the building. What?
1: They tell him, look, the towers. A plane just hit the Twin Towers. I went and looked out the side window, and I could see, like, you know, a little bit of smoke coming out. I, like everybody else
0: working there, assumed that it was a, a little Cessna commuter plane. Gabriel heads to the teacher's lounge. There's murmurs of a crash, but it's less shock than it is surprise.
1: I had just been up on the Twin Towers the month before doing a writing review of the Windows of the World. I was actually supposed to interview Scarlett Johansson the day after. So I went down and called my mother. There was a plane crash, but I didn't get hit by a piece of plane. I'm not not in the village at all. I'm just teaching in Brooklyn today. The bell rang and I went to the next class. Mr. Bellman, another plane hit the building. I said, wait a minute, wait a second, what? That was really weird. And so it was this incredible sense of deja vu, I'm sitting there watching this plume of ash out of the side window, facing at almost the same vantage point of Mount St. Helens. It just looked like it was snowing. But this time there was an ash raining down upon me. Little pieces of paper,
0: memos and post-it notes. What do you think it is, one kid asks. Gabriel tells him, well, there have been a lot of attacks on the World Trade Center.
1: It was pretty common for somebody to do something crazy in New York. It happened all the time.
0: Mr. Bellman's got a class to teach, so he does.
1: You already know what happens next. It was one of those New York days that was so beautiful. We were looking out the window. There was uh, nothing there. Mist, as if they'd never existed.
0: And then the wind shifts their way.
1: If you could quantify the smell of 10,000 sinks and toilets, it was just an
0: awful smell. It's 2001, there's no such thing as an iPhone yet. Even if there was, John Jay High School is one of the poorest in the city.
1: We thought that it was just a small commuter plane. We didn't have a television set or even a radio. We had a announcement from the principal.
0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. There are a lot of questions going around and I can confirm we are under attack. The World Trade Center, the Pentagon, the Sears Tower, and the White House have all been hit. I will remind you that students are not allowed to leave school before class ends. The subways are down and may remain down. If you need to take the subway home, students are advised to come to the auditorium after school.
1: Mr. Bellman, is this World War III? No, 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 but I'm thinking to myself, maybe it is World War course Of course, it was, that was misinformation, but we never... When you've got... 40 teenagers looking at you you, you have to act like you know, it's all okay
0: with few lines of communication to the outside misinformation is rampant I
1: didn't have any information other than what I could see which was that the buildings had, at that point they'd both fallen down there was a child in my class whose name was Saddam Hussein he was this little meek guy and he was from Iraq and you know Saddam Hussein was a pretty common name there so I took him aside and said Saddam you're gonna need to not tell people that's your name for a few days
0: what do you mean? Saddam asks. I was like, just tell people your name is Sam. This is going to be a a scary time for you. Several teachers have family in the towers, as well as the odd student. But for all the chaos of that morning, only pockets of the school show it. For the most part, the atmosphere is actually kind of sedate.
1: One of the kids who lived in the project down the street, I went to his funeral. He was just murdered in a, uh, a stairwell. These were not kids who were strangers to death If someone died in their building that was related to them, it was probably the 20th or 30th person in their lives
0: that was close to them who had died by that point. Gabriel asks the kids what they think of all this. How will the city change? What will it be like to never see the Twin Towers again? It came out that a lot of the
1: kids that lived there had never been to Manhattan. It was a $1.50 subway ride away. It was a mile if they wanted to just walk across the bridge and go there. But they had never been to New York City. The idea of what New York is versus the idea of how it operates to the people who live there. They were New Yorkers to the core, but, and yet their experience of New York City was so different from someone who went there, took in a show, walked Fifth Avenue.
0: In a strange way, the events of September 11th offer the students of John J. High a connection to New York that they've never had.
1: When they asked me questions, you could hear a pin drop as I went to talk about you know, what happened in times of war. And it was like, you've never seen a more rapt attention on the students in the class that day. The firehouse, which is directly across the street from my apartment, every single one of those guys didn't make it. They actually closed the firehouse down because everybody, everyone died. I was walking back and just kind of looking at like pieces of memos. And yet it felt very familiar because
0: of the experience of having seen that volcanic eruption. He reads over a scrap, some post-it note from one employee to another and throws it away.
1: It's funny, as a kid, that was my first thing, is how can we make money off of this ash? As an adult, it seemed like the most reprehensible act is to make money off of that kind of a tragedy. I think there's a reason people always remember where they were when they heard about that event, or when, or if they happen to have been through Mount St. Helens, they always remember that too. Like at any moment, something bad could happen to us and we could die. And in fact, we know for certain that that is exactly how our lives will end. There's a reason that the Weather Channel gets some of the best ratings of any network when there's a natural disaster going on. People always talk about the weather. When I was a kid, I used to think, you know, why do people talk about the weather? That's the most boring thing. But at a certain core level, the weather, it's the most interesting thing. The weather is affecting you completely, and in certain cases, irrevocably.
0: That story again was shared by Gabriel Bellman. Gabriel's also been in the L.A. riots, the Northridge earthquake, the list keeps growing. Gabriel no longer teaches at John Jay High School because, well, it no longer exists. Instead, he lives in San Francisco. He's the founder of the Frozen Film Festival in San Francisco, which starts July 17th. He reviews movies on his increasingly prolific podcast, Film for Thought, 250 episodes on that thing. And if this guy wasn't busy enough, he's uh, also a filmmaker. Gabriel's last film was a documentary called The Bellman Equation. Uh, You can find a link to that and everything else I just mentioned at thelabs.org. Massive, massive thanks to Jesse Brennan for transcribing this interview just the way I like it, and the too-good-to-be-true Alex Ricci for helping me chop this sucker up. You guys make my life so much easier. I I don't know how I did it without you. As always, story submissions, stories at thelabs.org. Please leave a review on iTunes. I know a lot of you love this show, but now we're not so new, so it's harder for folks to find it. One review, just one, shoots us up those rankings, and Some more people might get to listen to this. My name is Kyle Jest, and this was The Lapse. Thank you so much for listening.